Good morning, Father Dave. Good morning, Mr. Costa. It's nice to do this in the morning. I don't feel as tired. A lot of times we're doing it at four in the afternoon after having you know been here a whole day. Bombed with different things. I could hear sporadically when I go and listen to them. I could hear my energy level so much lower. <laughs> well, is it because I'm sucking the life out of you? That's a little bit of it. <laughs> but I remember I, on the last one, I, I felt I was I was one step away from like the peanuts adults speaking. So I have to tell you something that that happened yesterday. Um, I went to. Mass and parish. So we're on vacation here at St. John's. And I went to Mass in my parish, which I always enjoy, primarily because I actually, I get to hear another priest. I think. <laughs> A it, fresh voice. It is so welcome. I think we've like been in prison with one another for t- way too long. So the, the priest, uh, who I like a lot. And, and I was in the college seminary with He's him way back when. Yeah, he was talking about the the difficulty he was facing in wishing people Merry Christmas this year, and talking about all the negative that's happened. And I know he was getting to make a point and then was going to pivot on it, right? Because he wasn't going to leave the congregation <laughs> like feeling horrible. Yeah, yeah. So I knew something good was coming, and I was looking forward to that pivot to that change, and. In the back of the church, as often happens, someone's cell phone went off. <laughs> and I found myself saying, just turn the cell phone off. And it wasn't one of those <laughs> those rings that you hear that are pre-programmed in. Like, they put the actual old-fashioned ring on it, <laughs> like it used to be attached to your house. And they couldn't shut it off. But despite the fact they couldn't shut it off, kept saying hello. So they would say, <laughs> hello, hello. And it was continuing to ring. And I was at this moment of real anticipation, wanting to know how this homily was going to turn out to actually to being just so snarky, like, just turn the phone off. <laughs> that is one of my it's I, I understand, you know, you, we get into such a habit of having it with us. Yeah. But, you know, you I, I don't know, I've, I've never been in that situation uh, maybe because I'm a little OCD with making sure that it doesn't go off. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have it on silent or vibrate, and you know, it, it so that it doesn't distract or right. interrupt anything. Right. Because uh, it, it did happen to me. It happened to my a deacon at at my first parish at St. Pat's at Bay. In the middle of mass. Oh yeah. yeah, right in the middle of consecration. Oh, the worst time. And I'm I'm kind of giving him the side look out of my eye as I'm praying the Eucharistic prayer. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't know it was him at first. And then when he did know it was him, he's fidgeting around trying to get through the alb and the, the vestments that he's got and he couldn't get to it. Which is as distracting as the actual sound itself. Oh yeah. So everybody in the congregation, I'm praying the Eucharistic prayer. One eye is on him, yeah. the other is on the book. My mind is in like two different places and you know me long enough yeah. that I can't do two things at one time. <laughs> so needless to say, praying that Eucharistic prayer yeah. <laughs> it was just saying words. And then the congregation is laughing. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. they um, they knew it was him. They were happy it was him. See, that's, good, that's good, a good reason I'm not a priest because I would have been like banging on the altar. Folks, Jesus is coming. Focus. <laughs> but who am I to say? I can't focus. But I mean, like, there were a couple of things to that story. Mm-hmm. Like they picked, they definitely knew how to pre-program 
the ringtone in. That's a good point. So right? you would think you would know how to answer it. You think you would know how you would have to answer that phone. <laughs> I didn't think about and that. You're right. Up, it's still ringing, and you <laughs> keep saying hello. hello. Like, who does this? Is this person qualified for a cell phone? Yeah, I, there should be a test. That's a that's like a driving test. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then you're sitting in mass. Yeah, answering the, the phone. Cell, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like, get it's, up. <laughs> it's probably not that important. Right. So anyway, despite this, it did get me thinking about certainly about 2020. You know, some of the things that that the uh, the priest was saying. Um, and it, then it took me to something that you were talking about Tuesday night. We had adoration here at the school on Tuesday night. It was beautiful. It's the first time we actually were doing something for live people, um, like present uh, outside. And um, you were talking about the teardrop on the monstrance. So I think if you want to tell that story, because I think it's a really powerful story about that helps yeah. us really. It, it could have been the second part of where I think this priest was going, you know, but I, I thought yeah. it would fit in perfect. Yeah, so, so I mean, and, and I really will give you credit for this. Um, and I, th I thought we did help each other out a lot. We saw each other more than our own families. During, during, during the, the shutdown, yeah, during yeah, During yeah. the shutdown. Absolutely. And, and we spent a lot of time in that chapel uh, together. And I, and I had told you this during the shutdown, uh, and then after that, that if it weren't for you um, getting me through some of those moments, I don't know if we would have done if I would have done some of the things that I eventually did. And I'm very grateful for that. No, it takes a team. You know, um, but remember one of the things that we had uh, discussed was I saw some of my, my uh, buddies in other parishes who are pastors in other places going around with the Blessed Sacrament right before Easter. And we said, well, why don't we do that? Mm -hmm. You know, A much harder logistical challenge in a private school like ours, where, where students and their families are scattered all over a geographical area as opposed to a parish. Exactly. So when we had organized this and set it up, I think we had, um, at the end, we had gone to over 200 families. Is it that many? We went to... Wow. Uh, yeah, I think we went over to about 200 homes. Mm -hmm. How would you describe... But, but like, you, I'm sorry. No, but, go but ahead. You were right, though. One day, I found myself in Southold. Mm-hmm. And another day, I was in Hicksville. Yeah, and for those of you, we know people are listening all over the country and, and around the world now. So you're, you're talking like well over one, a 100-mile span in yeah. distance, yeah. So I really what I would do was uh, I had the Blessed Sacrament in the monstrance in the car. I strapped Jesus in. Good. Right? You want to get Jesus to get a ticket. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, I, I had often <laughs> joked with some of the teachers about this. If I would have got pulled over yeah. during the shutdown... I'm in my collar, I, I'm in my cassock, I had my surplus on at one point, uh -huh. just driving around, uh, the Blessed Sacrament is buckled in in the front seat of the car, and I got holy water in a bucket, <laughs> giving it out to, be, to, the, to the people. I can only imagine what that would have looked like if a cop had to pull me over. Do you think you could have gone the HOV lane? <laughs> it was definitely worth a shot. A shot. Well, if, if our belief is really what it is, right. I that Jesus, it. yeah, you could have. I think the police officer, depending on if they were probably, Catholic or not, might have not bought it. probably gotten <laughs> a non-Catholic yeah. police officer. Um, but here's the thing about shutdown. There was nobody on the road. True. Every lane was the HOV lane. Mm -hmm. right. <laughs> um, and it was pretty wide open. Um, but when we had started that, uh, if you remember, 
the weather was just really terrible. Typical Long Island weather in the spring. Yeah. I mean, it didn't really clear up and, and give us any kind of sign of hope until the middle of May. Uh, at, up until that point, we had stopped it. Yeah. Uh, stopped going around. Um, but Jess, our, our, uh, our co-worker, had scheduled the route for me, mm -hmm. um, had planned it and laid it all out. But in the, in the beginning, middle of March... Uh, beginning of April, it was ice cold outside. Yep. And so some of those days, uh, you know, it was a catch-22 with the, with the weather. And one of those days, actually many of those days, there were always the chance of rain. Uh, the wind was always whipping. It was cold. Uh, and I was out there on people's front lawns, on students' front lawns with their families, kneeling down um, yeah. in prayer as I took the Blessed Sacrament out and uh, gave them holy water and <clears throat> either prior to adoration on the front lawn or after it, uh, we would I would just catch up and see how they were doing and just try to laugh a little bit. Um, but one of those days it was raining and um, it, the, the rain had kind of hit the monstrance. Mm -hmm. And... You know, there were moments where I had kind of wiped off, you know, the front of the monstrance and stuff. But there was a raindrop that had uh, dried on the back. And after after the middle of May there, uh, I started to notice it. And it always brought me back to how just cold and, and, uh, and difficult that time of isolation and quarantine was uh, but yet at the same time in the midst of all that I I remember I remember how isolating and t difficult it was when I look at that raindrop that has dried on the back of the monstrance which I will never clean off mm -hmm. and then I and then it's like it's like simultaneously I remember how we got through that Mm -hmm. You know, the, the beauty of being on yeah. people's front lawns and laughing even if it were for a moment and um, some of the parents just saying how how it was the only thing that they had to look forward to for the day. Like, I was the first person that they were going yeah. to see uh, for weeks mm -hmm. other than their immediate family in the home. And, and to be able to pray so intimately and... Uh, profoundly in in some pretty bad weather um where, where you could see people were really clinging to christ yeah uh, it, it was a it was really a, a whole day spent in the car of adoration for me mm -hmm. and i would just play praise and worship music so it, it for me it was it, it was like weeks of just driving around with our lord in adoration yeah um, and I look back on it now, and that was that was really the, the only thing that I got me through that. Yeah, I it's it's hard to communicate to people outside of the New York area what this was like. You know, and we we see the numbers spiking around the country now, but it's around the whole country. And I'm not trying to diminish it, and I'm not at all trying to say, well, we had it worse and we're better. Not at all like that. But to to be in the midst of 700 people a day dying. Like, if you think about that for a second, 
Yeah. That's it, it's too hard to, to, yeah. to fathom. And we were all operating with that cloud um, over us. And that story really reminded me of something I had heard um, the University of Chicago um, psychologist Eugene Kennedy. I think he's, he's gone now. But I, I heard him at a talk, and he was actually talking about 9-11. And, and not to go off on a tangent, I actually see some similarities um, between 9-11 and, and this, mm-hmm. um, um, the, the shock value. And, but what, what he was saying about 9-11, which was really interesting, and this was a, um, something I'll never forget for the rest of my life. After the planes hit, um, there were people who were trapped on the floors above, and they knew they were going to die. And they called their loved ones. And a lot of times they didn't get through, and they left messages. And these messages were simply, I love you, I love you. They weren't messages concerning things that needed to be done, like please pay the mortgage, please make sure you mow the lawn. They were just simply, I love you. And his point was that when humans are faced with really, really difficult situations, they revert back to how they were created. Mm. Think about that for a second. They revert back to how they were created. Yeah. And we're created out of love. Mm. And when you were telling that story the other night, that's what I was thinking of. Mm. You know, I, I, I think yeah. when you put the whole thing together in, in what we were living through, and are still living through, but not nearly as bad as it was back in the spring, that we, we have reverted and, and felt, well, what can we do? We're going to go be with Jesus. Yeah. Which, which really is the only source of hope and the only source of happiness that is sustaining, yeah. right? That will keep us going. That is not temporary. Yeah. And, um, you know, and and we don't never want to do it again. You know, God willing, we will we'll never willing. have to do that again. Yeah. Yeah. One of the the things I was reflecting on is when when the whole quarantine, the whole shutdown started, um, we wanted people in our community to have something to do, a way of helping. And I think that's a, um, a need we all have. We want to be able to participate. And at that point, there was nothing that anybody could do, right? The soup kitchens were closed. Um, there, was, there, was the, there was no way to volunteer. Um, and even if you did, it was at your own risk. Yeah. So we decided we were going to um, pool our resources and we had ironically just been, and you were referring to this a few weeks ago in, in the podcast, we had just been to New York City a lot of times with the juniors. We were taking them on retreat. And we were with the Sisters of Life. Uh, so we contacted them and said, what do you need? And they service a lot of, a lot of women who are going through troubled pregnancies. Maybe the, uh, it, it could be just monetarily they, they are lacking, or it could be they're in an abusive relationship. Their, their love goes out to so many women uh, to help them walk them through the pregnancies. But there's material things they needed, like diapers. Um, and we also help out a group called the Midnight Run. So the Midnight Run, if you're not familiar with it, is, is organized by um, this man, Dale Williams, up in um, uh, Dobbs Ferry, New York. He, he lived in the streets for a while himself. He got on his feet, and he will give routes to anybody who wants them and for people to go in and bring food and clothing to homeless people. So we've been doing it in St. John's since forever. Uh, I know you went out on, on one last year. 
Well, a couple. Uh, we I went out on a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the one with the with the staff and faculty. Oh, there, right, right, right. Which was a lot of fun because mm -hmm. I thought that was a great bonding experience. Oh, absolutely. Well. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we laughed. Yes. Yeah. Until two in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then being with the kids was great. Yeah. And um, we asked for uh, what what the, the men and it's mo I say men because it's mostly men. We do meet a few women on the streets, mm -hmm. but it's mostly men. Uh, needed socks and underwear. So. Long story short, we, we put out um, a request to parents. We had no place to bring it because the school was closed. You couldn't even get into the school for mm -hmm. because yeah. they wanted to make sure it was clean and not contaminated. So it was all sent to my house. And, and my house quickly became overwhelmed. Like the neighbors were actually coming out saying, what's going on? Because Amazon trucks were coming two or three times a day. And I, I have photos of it, like you couldn't even get in my living room between those two things. It was Amazing. stunning. Your wife is a saint. Oh, she is. Oh, my God. <laughs> Absolutely. Because I don't even know if we had this part of the conversation as to like, did you prep Jen for what was going to happen? Well, it, it wasn't prepping with her. It was a discussion beforehand. And I, I should mention my wife is an RN. So she was going through some tough times herself, you yeah. know, um, of, of dealing with what, what other healthcare workers were dealing with um, and, and are dealing with right now. So, uh, no, it was with her blessing. Most of the stuff that happens at St. John's happens because we're kind of in this as a team, right? You know, okay. which is awesome. So the stuff kept, the stuff kept coming, and 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 we brought it in. We weren't allowed to bring students, right? Not even faculty, right? Because yeah. of the fear of of getting you know getting sick. So I I went in a few times with my family, and it's it was just a, a beautiful experience of, of giving, mm -hmm. of of people wanting to do something and actually doing something. And I think we probably did four trips, you know, I think two to the Sisters of Life and maybe actually five, maybe it was three midnight runs. Yeah. Um, and, and those images I'll have, um, I have of, of New York City at that time, uh, I'll never ever forget. And I know I've showed you some pictures, yeah. but it was like an apocalyptic scene because there was nobody around. And we had just been there literally the week before. You know, with, with kids, you know, kind of darting through traffic and, you know, uh, in a bus that couldn't move because it was typical New York City. You couldn't move. Yeah. And now I had stopped my car uh, to take a picture of St. Patrick's Cathedral. I stopped it in the middle of Fifth Avenue and there was no cars coming. I could have stayed there. Yeah. 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 I, I remember I remember uh, you showing me those pictures mm -hmm. and being out here on the East End, making those trips, driving around. Yeah. <clears throat> There was nobody on the road, rush hour. There was no such thing of it right. during the time. And I remember uh, got, I got so used to mm. driving around with no traffic yeah. that when I started to get involved and in, get hitting traffic in Babylon, especially because it gets so congested, my initial was like, where is every? Why is everybody out? And then right. I'm like, wait, no, this is good. This is good. <laughs> this is exactly. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's another odd thing. I felt a similar thing. I'll get into traffic now and thinking, oh, thank God, there's traffic, which in my million years I would never have said. Exactly. <laughs> it's, re it's really stunning. But I, but I think it's important that, that, that we all kind of take a pause um, as the year is ending and, and not at all to be joyful of the year and not at all to say, well, I got through it without getting sick. Therefore, it's good. I, I don't think that's at all what we're trying to say. No. But to say, what can we learn from it? What what blessings have there been, you know, despite some of these, um, you know, real, real serious issues that have gone in and really we're in the midst of again? Yeah, I I agree, uh, Rich. It's um, it has been, it has been a very interesting journey, that I um, 
that I have found that the Lord has taken me on. Yeah, I mean, would I ask for 2020 to come back? No, but this was, this was so difficult. Uh, but you, you know how we how we understand our faith, and and how we understand suffering in the context yeah. of our relationship with Christ. You know, there were multiple moments during the course of the year where I had to sit down and say. <clears throat> All right, Lord, what are you trying to reveal to me during this during this year? And and perhaps that wouldn't have happened. And no, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I I mean we had multiple conversations leading up to uh, to March sixteenth, where I remember telling you specifically, uh, I feel like this train is going so fast. Like, mm -hmm. how do you guys keep up? And in in my heart, I was just saying. I could I could really use a break right now just yeah. to slow down. Well, you kind well, of wanted. <laughs> I didn't know I was going to be a seven month layover. Right, right, you know? right. But, but, uh, but for me, one of the biggest things that I had to sit with, with our Lord, was uh, in the course of the six and a half years of being a priest. Uh, somewhere along the journey, uh, I had started to. Take, uh, place more value in the work that was being done rather than in my relationship with Christ. Oh, interesting. I could see that so, happening. So I was, uh, yeah, so, so just to clarify, I, I had found like once everything stopped and I had to really be in a five-month retreat, it was the Lord was calling me to say, "Look, you are valuable and loved by me, not so much because what you're doing. I love you because I love you right. because you are." Yeah, and and that was it was amazing, Rich, how difficult that was to sit with in the beginning. Yeah, because I was we weren't doing anything, right? And, and in my position here at the at the school. Everybody, all the teachers and the faculty members had something to do. Yeah. Uh, we had to create something mm -hmm. to be done here uh, for me with campus ministry here. Right. <clears throat> uh, so that I could have some kind of contact with the, the yeah. students. So it was a, it was a recentering for me. That was probably the biggest moment, the biggest blessing. Sure. Of uh, in this trying time for me. I just came across this quote um, that I heard the other day, um, and it's from um, a Father Alfred Delp, and he was talking about Advent. He said, Advent is a time for rousing, um, and, and the, the, that's the end of the quote. And it's the idea that if we really submit ourselves, surrender ourselves, the word we've been using lately, to Advent, that um, we're shaken to our depths and then we're ready for the season of hope, uh, the season of hope. And that's really what this whole time has been. Yeah. You know, uh, really, really shaken to the depths. In our chapel here at, at St. John's, and I, I wish there was a way we can post some of the pictures of what we're talking about. There is a Facebook page called Locust and Wild Honey that I'll try to post some pictures up um, for anybody that wants to see some of the things. We could post some of the pictures in New York City um, and, and certainly the chapel, as I'm about to explain. But there is a... Um, Behind the altar is an image of the risen Christ. Mm -hmm. And 
one of the things I, I noticed, and it just happened to be one day where I was sitting um, kind of on the aisle, is that when Father Dave would hold up the host, he would hold it up um, earlier in the Mass when the liturgy of the Eucharist started, and the host is whole, and, and because of perspective the, the, uh, of where the host is as relation to where I am as re relation to where the, the risen Christ is, you can't see it. Like the host blocks out the risen Christ. Like if you put your thumb up to the sun, you could block out the sun, that type yeah. of thing. Um, it's only later after you break the host, right? The, 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 the body of Christ broken. And the only way we get to the resurrection is Jesus being broken, you know, on the cross. It's when you break it, that's when you could see the risen Christ. Mm -hmm. And so because you could see through it. And so much of what we've gone through this year, I, I think, has been that experience of being broken. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, and it's a weird thing to say we can be grateful for that, especially being very self-conscious of all those who have suffered just really horrific things like oh, losing yeah. loved ones and not being able to say goodbye to them. You know? Yeah, I mean, we've heard how many horror stories yeah. this year, and, and, and everybody has heard mm -hmm. some form Correct. of, you know. Uh, but I, I do, and, and Rich, I love that image. You, you've shared that image with mm -hmm. me multiple times. Yeah. Um, and when I'm, uh, when I'm able to be able to articulate it as simply as you have done, I will use it in a homily. Okay. I won't quote you, though, because I want to give you that credit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'll say a random faculty member came in. <laughs> but I think what you, you tap on a, a central importance for you and I as, as Christians, mm -hmm. um, you know, specifically Catholics that understand that there is a deep, um, there is a deep, profound reality in our human suffering uh, that leads you know, with Christ, that leads to hope. Yeah. Um, and how many... How many horror stories have we encountered uh, simply because there was no hope yeah. in Jesus Christ? Yeah. That they could not see, they could not see the resurrection in their brokenness mm -hmm. because Christ, they have not allowed Christ to take them there through that brokenness. Um, and and it's it, it always it, it it's always just gut wrenching to hear some of the stories because whether they have rejected whether some individuals have rejected the the gospel uh, and who Christ is or they have not been taught and given that beautiful uh, understanding uh, beautiful tool mm -hmm. uh, to enrich their lives uh, it, it, it they do not look at suffering the way that we do Right. Not to say that they, you know, that it's that I'm I'm walking around with a smile on my face because right. I'm suffering. But you're without hope. Yeah. 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 Like at the end of the day, mm -hmm. as much as I might look up and go, "What are you doing to me?" Yeah. Right. Like, when are you going to alleviate this pain? Right. And get me through this. At least I know that He has journeyed there before me. Yeah. And He's going to have He's going to give me His strength to get through it. Mm -hmm. Whereas, people without Christ don't have that ability. it's harder it, yeah. it's harder for sure something you said made me remember too even even mary magdalene waiting at the tomb what was that experience like was it peter and james had gone there saw the tomb empty and left john peter and john right mm -hmm. and they and they had gone back to tell others wait don't you teach scripture yeah <laughs> <laughs> we haven't gotten to easter yet i have to check my notes i'm really like the worst catholic i 
I really am. <laughs> so, uh, but they, they run away, not to be, not afraid, but they want to tell everybody the tomb is empty. It's Mary Magdalene who in that confusion stays. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one of the things that faith teaches us as well. To stay. To stay. Yeah. You know, and then, and then Jesus appears to heart. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a, 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 a nice way of, of looking at it as well. So I guess, I guess what we're trying to just kind of emphasize today is maybe a, a, a Christmas kind of a Christmas season of meditation is uh, for those listening is where has where has Christ been with you yeah. in your suffering, in mm-hmm. your struggle? Uh, when you reflect on those moments of loneliness and isolation or just anxiety or fear, what did he bring you through? Mm-hmm. Uh, where where was he in the midst of all of that? And and uh, and how did he bring you through it? And a lot of times that presence is a whisper. Yeah. Right. Not the ground shaking events that we typically think of when we think of God's revelation yeah. uh, appearing in the, the burning bush or, or um, the walls of Jericho falling down, yeah. but rather in a in a whisper. So so my friends, uh, if you have a particular story that you would like to share with us about how Christ has walked with you. That's a great idea. Uh, during during 2020. Um, and you find that it has helped you enter into a, a beautiful Christmas uh, mystery of, of encounter with our Lord. We would love to read it and, and just love to get inspired by it if that's something that, uh, that you would be comfortable with. We won't share it, but it would definitely be something that we would love to, uh, to definitely encounter. I, I think that could be a beautiful thing. So what we're going to do um, underneath the link... Um, for the podcast, we'll put our email addresses. Um, but I'll, I'm also going to try to set up a little discussion on the Facebook page. So again, on Facebook, there's a page called Locusts and Wild Honey, um, and there's a place for comments. And if you did want to publicly share it, you don't have to, you could just email us, but if you did want to publicly share it, that could also be a, a beautiful gift for others too. You know, yeah. to say, oh, I never, exactly. I never thought, you know, God, God came to me in this manner too, but I, I'm not sure I recognized it was necessarily God. Yeah. You know, but maybe someone else has that same experience. So we'll, we'll set it up both ways. One of the, the things that we did not plan at all when we said, let's do a podcast, we didn't really plan on how you do a podcast. So <laughs> we've been, we're, we're really making up this part as we go along. We've been asking a lot of people, trying to get the audio a little better for you. But we'll try to discover for you the best way to uh, share your thoughts with us because we'd really love to hear them. It really helps us as well. Yeah, that's. I mean, I think that's part of what the early church went through, right? Yeah. Uh, they were inspired um, and and came to know Christ through mm-hmm. the um, through the inspiration of testimony. Yeah. Through the early church. You see that all the time. Yep. Yeah. Okay. You know. So, my friends, Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! To you. You're probably going to be hearing this after Christmas, but we um, we thank my son Ricky for doing all the editing. But there's uh, we're recording this on Christmas Eve, and there's no way it's getting out to you by Christmas. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what? If it gets to you before the feast of uh, the baptism of the Lord, oh, it will be before then, absolutely. Well, then it's the Christmas season, so yep. there you have it. Yep, and the incarnation just keeps on going. So there you go. Doesn't have to be on that day. So Merry <laughs> Christmas, bless, guys. guys. Take Merry care. Merry Christmas.